Welcome to my podcast, Patient First. I'm Dr. Naveen Samaya. I'm an Australian registered specialist plastic surgeon with 17 years of surgical experience. As the scientific convener of the Non-Surgical Symposium and a former president of the Australasian Society of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons, my goal is to help patients navigate the complex world of both surgical and non-surgical aesthetics, but by understanding what is evidence and what is not. This, I hope, is going to help them realize their aesthetic goals safely and in a manner consistent with good clinical practice. This podcast is an extension of that legacy. My aim is to empower you to make the most educated decisions about your choices concerning your face and body aesthetics and your safety. Each episode, I will be bringing to you cutting-edge science and exploring surgical procedures in a modern, evidence-based approach to aesthetics. Plus, I will be inviting some esteemed guests in my podcast in the future to offer new perspectives. Tune in each week as together we explore the next frontier of surgical and non-surgical aesthetics. Hello and welcome back to Patient First. I'm your host, Dr. Naveen Samaya, a plastic surgeon passionate about safety, quality, and helping you achieve your desired results. Last week, I shared some of the values that drive my work, and you would have heard the phrase patient-centric come up repeatedly throughout the podcast. This week's episode is dedicated to patient-centric plastic surgery, and I'm going to share what a patient-centric approach actually looks like and how practices and patients can work together to achieve the best possible results and the role, the important role that ethics and transparency play in aesthetics and plastic surgery. In the interest of full disclosure mandated by the Australian health regulators, my name is Dr. Naveen Samaya. I'm a registered medical practitioner and a specialist plastic surgeon with specialist registration in surgery and my field of specialty practice is plastic surgery. My APRA registration number is MED 0011198989. I wish to advise listeners of this podcast that information shared on this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute formal medical advice. Any surgery or any invasive surgical procedure does carry risks. You should seek a second opinion for a suitably qualified professional and surgical outcomes vary and what results experienced by another patient may not necessarily be your experience. With that disclaimer declared, let's get into this episode. Patient-centric care is the way care should be delivered. Patient-centric care is where the patient and the practitioner partner in a manner that is mutually beneficial to both. The patient has a role to play in the entire journey and the patient communicates repeatedly, regularly throughout the journey with the plastic surgeon. This is a good model of care where the plastic surgeon can then incorporate feedback from the patient to enhance his or her model of care delivery to provide a good outcome at the end of the day. I approach uh, plastic surgery and patient care through a very patient-centric approach. My patient is very much a partner in the progress and in the journey. 
And my practice and myself throughout the engagement of the patient from the first consultation, the first phone call, there is enough information given, shared to educate the patient about what to be expected, what is reasonable, what is not reasonable. So when the patient comes and sees me for the consultation on a face-to-face level, my patients are very well aware of what is feasible, possible, doable, achievable. And that is a very good position to be in because it helps us to recalibrate what we can offer the patient. And it also helps me to understand what the patient's motivations are. At this point, my patients are very much engaged in the journey and have engaged with both my staff and my practice and with the information that we have given them. And they are very much a partner in this journey. Once they have the buy-in into the journey, then there is a level of trust that is established at the first consultation, which then allows me to guide the patient in a manner that is appropriate for that particular procedure by looking after their physical well-being, optimizing the psychological well-being, preparing them for the procedure so that when they come at the end of the procedure, they are not left with a surprise. They know what to expect. They have been prepared and they are ready to take the next step forward. And no matter which practitioner you seek for your cosmetic surgery procedures, it is the level of engagement that you have to focus on, the engagement that is built on sharing of authentic evidence-based information, the engagement that you and your practitioner, the practitioner's practice has with you with honest, open, transparent communication and overall feel that there is a level of trust, there's a level of support and taking you through the journey to make sure that you get to your destination. In my opinion, listening is a very strong attribute. And if we look at the global stage, for example, good leaders are good listeners. And from a plastic surgery perspective, as a plastic surgeon, it is very important that I actively listen to every single thing my patient tells me. As there's a well-known saying, if you listen to your patient for long enough, your patient will tell you the diagnosis. So that's a very important thing to understand. In plastic surgery, we focus on befores and afters. I focus on the patient's journey to ensure that I don't miss a thing. So this is important. And this is how active listening can help you unearth problems before they become problems, help you alert to some considerations that you may have to add some extra weight in the preoperative phase to ensure the journey is good, safe, and gets the patient to the right destination. In my practice, I practice active listening as opposed to passive listening. So it's important that I define what is passive listening. Passive listening is about patient uh, decides to come into the practice and says, I want procedure X. And I say, sure, you're a candidate for procedure X. This is where you sign. Let's book a date. Move on. Active listening is about not just the content, but also getting the context around the content. What are the patient's circumstances? What is the patient's ability to go through the journey? Is the patient of physically fit, psychologically ready, mentally ready, logistically ticked all the boxes? This is what ensures that your journey throughout your cosmetic surgery treatment gets you the best outcome. And unless 
I, as a practitioner, ask those probing questions and listen to them, acknowledge them, note them, act on them. All this can go pear-shaped very quickly. So it is this act of active listening that happens at every single consultation, even before the consultation, when we engage with the patient through my practice, the patient is informed of an open line of communication that we are always there for you. You can ask us any question and I personally respond to all questions myself. And that's one way to ensure that nothing gets missed, patient gets the best outcome, a comfortable journey and a good result. Plastic surgery generally has had a very negative publicity over the last two to three years, not because of the majority of the practitioners who mean nothing but the best for the patients, but by a very small group of patient, uh, practitioners who decided to put patient-centric practice second. And as a consequence of this, substandard outcomes, patient harm became the norm. We became aware of this through multiple media channels, multiple newspaper articles, TV exposés, and this unfortunately painted the entire industry in a very bad light. The people, the practitioners who did the right thing were clubbed with the people on the practitioners who did not the right thing. So as a consequence, the industry took a rap. The medical regulators got in. The Medical Board of Australia also took a very active role. And from the 1st of July, 2023, they came up with guidelines that were enforced that covered two aspects. They covered the practice of cosmetic surgery and they covered the advertising of cosmetic surgery. Now, both, although they may look separate, they were kind of interlinked. It was evident from all the media reports that false and misleading advertising, start, starting with using the wrong title, was what led patients to make wrong choices or not so right choices and end up in harm's way. From the 1st of July, 2023, due to the new regulations, the advertising has been tightened. The surgeon title has been protected to only three groups of specialists, namely registered surgeons, registered ophthalmologists, and registered gynecologists. And as a practitioner in cosmetic surgery, every practitioner has to inform the patient about their official registration status, their APRA number, as well as their specialty of practice and the registration in every single communication, print, digital, or verbal. And these are safe safeguards that has helped the consumer to make the right choice and experience a safe outcome. Many plastic surgeons uh, prior to July 1, 2023, were using safety standards that are now mandatory. So I was using two consultation as a minimum before every procedure with a good cooling off period before first and the second consultation. What the new guidelines from the 1st of July, 2023 has imposed upon us is additional safeguards that include mandatory psychological evaluation of every patient prior to cosmetic surgery, a mandatory cooling off period, and the inability to make a booking after the first consultation to ensure that the patient has had time to think about it and make a decision not under pressure. And these are important safety safeguards. And I'm pleased to say that my practice has incorporated all those recommendations, guidelines, and uh, my patients seem to be quite happy to go through these additional 
checks and balances because every single patient of mine has told me that they feel comfortable, secure, knowing fully well that the system is now geared towards patient safety and safe outcomes. Transparency is the key to trust. I can't stress on the importance of being transparent because in cosmetic surgery, where trust is the key, transparency is the core that builds that trust. What we saw in the last many years was a total lack of title transparency, which has now been shown to be the more, more important problem that misled patients. And thankfully, due to the legislations, title Transparency is now front and center in the patient safety journey and every single patient-centric practice that plastic surgeons focus on will have a title transparency at the core. In other words, somebody who's not trained as a plastic surgeon and registered as a plastic surgeon cannot use the title plastic surgeon. And that conveys to the patient a certain amount of statutory safeguards that is essential to ensure patient safety. Now, when it comes to giving information, yes, we give good information, information that is pleasing, information that patients like to hear, but at the same time, we have to balance that with the realities, the facts that can occur when surgery doesn't go well. After all, it is a human endeavor, and as long as you're not a robot, you will experience some degree of problems along the way. And this is a very honest conversation that we have. This is an honest discussion we have with the patient. And we categorize things that can go wrong under three major categories. Category one, things that can go wrong under anesthesia with the anesthetic drugs as a reaction to the anesthetic drugs. And they could be mild, moderate, or severe. You can have complications due to the operation itself, or you can have complications as a part of the healing process following the operation. And at every given point, we stress upon what safety safeguards there are in place to ensure that your risk is as minimal as it can be for that particular time. For example, the anesthetic risk is one that patients are very concerned about, and that is a fact, and that is natural. So we tell patients and I tell patients that when you go through cosmetic surgery, your surgery is performed in an accredited hospital licensed for cosmetic surgery that offers you a level of statutory safeguards as mandated by the government. Your anesthetist is a specialist anesthetist who has extensive experience in anesthesia and looking after your safety while you're under. Your surgeon is trained to the highest possible Australian standards, registered, committed to a period of continuous learning that offers you a safety standard. Nurses in theatre, nurses in recovery, nurses in the ward have done this many times. They know your patient journey. They know how to care for them. They know the logical steps and they have experienced people. So all these things cumulatively, collectively add to the overall safety package of your journey. In the post-operative care, there are a lot of questions that you never thought of before the operation that you need answers for. This is when being open, transparent, and honest is very important. And I think the patients who go through my practice, we tell them, you're welcome to ask us any question anytime. And I personally respond to those questions and guide them. Sometimes it may be a script. Sometimes it may be some painkillers. Sometimes it may be the oral antibiotic. Sometimes it may be some dressings. But nevertheless, we are there for you throughout the journey. As I've mentioned to you in my previous podcast, I'm very passionate about my results. I take them very personally. 
And I have nothing but an entire focus to ensure that every single patient of mine achieves their outcome. And we will work as hard as we can, as much as we need to, to ensure that happens. Healthcare is always enhanced through an understanding of health outcomes from the patient's perspective. In other words, if the patient is a willing partner, engaging partner, willing to consume the information, process it, digest it, put it into action, the outcomes are far more better. The patient learns, the surgeon learns, and the outcome is better. So with this preamble, I think the importance of ensuring that the patient gets good, accurate, actionable information is critical. Before the surgery, it's important to provide patients with authentic, authoritative information. And we usually refer to, and I particularly tell patients to look up uh, professional societies of plastic surgeons that has unbiased, authentic, evidence-based information, which is not a cell, but with a focus to educate the consumer. This gives you non-biased information that you can help make a decision throughout the journey your practice becomes the key port of contact because now you've narrowed down your choices to a provider. And yes, the content is out there, but this now provides the context for you. So in terms of engaging with the practitioner of your choice, make sure that you have an open line of communication, an open, honest communication, both with the practitioner and the staff that will help you to go through the journey very well. The elephant in the room needs to be addressed. Like if you go back historically and look at how the evolution of surgery took place, there was a power imbalance right from day one based on the knowledge and access to knowledge that the surgeon possessed that the consumer or the patient did not have. Over the last 20 years, we've seen all that has changed. Now, the patient or the consumer will have enough information from multiple sources, enough patient-related outcomes from multiple sources that empowers consumer choice and decisions before they encounter the surgeon. So you cannot have an archaic approach to patient engagement now, given the fact that the patient probably knows significantly more than the patient 25, 30 years ago. In the past 25 years, as we've seen with the advent of internet and online portals, you have uh, the consumer have access to multiple sources of information across multiple jurisdictions, right? You've got different types of accounts, personal accounts of one person's journey. You've got websites like realself.com that highlight patient stories and patient reported outcomes. All of this helps the patient or the consumer to make a decision. So the surgeon pre-internet era had an advantage of the knowledge and the gap was significant between patient and the surgeon. In my opinion, I think that gap is uh, almost narrowed or some in some cases on par. So that attitude of the, surgeon, the stereotypical surgeon with an ego that I know more than you is no longer relevant in 2023. The surgeon's uh, expertise is to fine tune what is relevant for that particular patient at that particular time and the ability to tell the patient about, yes, this is information, but this is knowledge. This is my expertise. So this is what we tend to do in, in all our practices. And I, in particular, will tell the patient, based on my experience of X number of years, I've done having done X number of cases, I find that if you start this protocol on day two as opposed to day five, the outcomes are better. So this is the fine-tuning of information that we can work with the patient, advise them in a manner that is seen as friendly, collaborative, 
and open to achieve their outcomes. As I mentioned in my previous episode of uh, the Patient First podcast, that the cause elements that make up a good plastic surgeon start with being a caring, empathetic doctor or a physician. That is the core of medicine. That is the core of who you are as a doctor. And no matter how technically brilliant you become, how technically skilled you become, you cannot forget the roots of who you are first. So that is an essential part of who I am. And all patient-centric focused plastic surgeons will have that first and foremost. In other words, they're there to take care of the patient and the modality they use to take care of the patient is the surgical skills that they've acquired. But at the heart of it is still patient care, empathetic nature, open listening, and ensuring ethical and evidence-based care throughout. As I've mentioned in this podcast before, that a surgeon's technical skills and surgeon's knowledge and surgeon's experience and expertise and a commitment to ongoing learning are the critical factors to decide how best he or she can deliver a good result to the patient. Now, one of the things that I have learned in my career, having trained in multiple places and under many mentored surgeons, is the ability to convey to the patient what is feasible and what is not in that particular instance, because patient A is different from patient B. One may be 25 years of age, one may be 45 years of age, your physical tissue characteristics based on your genetics, your lifestyle may all vary between two identically aged patients. And it is my experience, expertise, that during a consultation, we will be able to say, yes, you can do this. Yes, this is achievable. And then we set realistic expectations. What we cannot do is go with a concept of passive listening and go with the patient's desire and say, yep, I can do that. Yep, I can do that. And that is not how we benchmark what is called as realistic expectations, because it is we have an obligation to that particular patient who has come to us with a problem and seeking our expertise and experience to deliver the results. The plastic surgery industry and the cosmetic procedure industry, that is aesthetic medicine, is rapidly advancing Thanks to two major things. Number one, you have a massive demand as predicted by every major entity in the world and you have a growing population. And more importantly, you've got science backing every new thing that comes out. The timing for research to hit market is significantly shorter now because of the technology involved in the research. So we are suddenly seeing lots of products, lots of minimally invasive procedures coming into the market, and some are good, some are not so good. But this is how the industry is evolving. And as I mentioned in my podcast earlier, our role as practitioners is to focus on two things, and two things only, the ethical and the evidence-based treatments that will give results to patients. And I think if you benchmark those two, you will be safe. And I have a special interest in education. And this is one of my other hats I wear, and it's a passion of mine. And through the Non-Surgical Symposium, which is a premier meeting focusing on non-surgical aesthetics, we bring about advocacy, we bring about empowerment, we bring about change in the way you think, the way you learn for the single 
important reason that you can go and translate that into better treatments for your patients in a manner that is safe and effective. And I think we are very proud of the fact that we, we are privileged to host a platform like that where people actually come and engage with us, learn with us, and go back and translate to better practice. There are, this meeting is held every year, and it is a challenge for us at the organizing level. And I'm privileged to be the scientific convener for the meeting, but I'm ably supported by a very effective panel of scientific advisory committee that represents uh, practitioners from every single discipline involved in this aesthetic space, namely dermatologist, plastic surgeon, medical doctor, nurse practitioner, a registered nurse, and, and a dermal clinician to give us perspectives and inputs into areas that I, as a plastic surgeon, will have very little information off. And this is what we believe is active listening. You listen to people and say, what do you think would be good here? And that particular person may say, let's try this one. This is trending currently. And I think a lot of people are asking for it because never forget our practitioners have demands placed before them by consumers who are well-educated and who are eager and are willing to try. In some cases, because now information that trickles is global, People are aware of influences in the US, in Asia, in Europe, doing treatment A, B, C, and it is not uncommon for practitioners to be asked, do you do treatment A? Do you do treatment B? Have you heard of surgeon A? Have you heard of surgeon B in Frankfurt, in Los Angeles, in New York? So it's almost a global kind of pool of talent and patients do have access to everything that you have. In fact, I've actually been uh, following a few plastic surgeons in the United States having uh, been recommended by them, by my patients who say, oh, do you follow Dr. Joe Blobs? And I said, no. And then I go and follow that uh, particular doctor. So obviously there is global interest. And hence, we as practitioners have to be one step ahead so that we can provide as I said, coming back to it again, ethical evidence-based information. Change is hard for everyone, especially if you've been doing things in a certain way for a very long time. So the new guidelines that came became effective 1st of July 2023 imposed a whole heap of changes on practitioners in this cosmetic surgery space and cosmetic procedure space. This was hard for a lot of people and not many people were happy with the change. This has impacted lots of practices, but at the heart of it is these changes are designed to ensure that the patient-centric model is front and center. It involved a lot of practices making major changes to the advertising guidelines as well as the culture of the practice. And we certainly have uh, ticked and uh, benchmarked our practice and the way we do things to the new guidelines. The guidelines, in my opinion, has had a very patient-centric focus and also looking after aftercare as a core component of the patient uh, journey in cosmetic surgery and uh, cosmetic procedures. So while we acknowledge that the change came too soon and you could debate whether there was enough consultation or not, the changes are here to stay. And these will help patients feel a bit more secure in the system because prior to the 1st of July 2023, patients felt that they were choosing a lottery. There was no title transparency. They did not know who was the right person. They did not know 
which was the right facility. They did not know which was, is this person adequately trained? So they were putting their safety online and there's plenty of evidence to show that the reporting on TV and popular media showed that patient safety was compromised. And I certainly have experienced lots of complications being seen through the public hospital system. I think patient-centric practice is here to stay because the evidence supports the benefits of a patient-centric practice. So if you look at the healthcare and is enhanced through an understanding through the patient's lens. So how does the patient interact with the consultation, the journey, the operation? And this patient-reported outcomes are very critical, making sure that the quality is controlled. So we have to actively listen to patients, and I certainly do that. And I would encourage all practitioners who are trying to bring about a patient-centric practice to start incorporating patient feedback and patient-reported outcomes as a benchmark to improve quality within the practice. The culture within the practice has to be open, transparent, honest, and accommodative for patients' reported outcomes. And at a level that the consumer can feel comfortable because once you incorporate patient-reported outcomes into your quality control of your own practice, no matter what procedure or what product you do, it automatically becomes upgraded and gets upgraded to a higher level of care that benefits not just you, but also the patient. Remember, a surgeon's formal training can last for up to five to six years, or in some cases, a bit more. These form a good foundation to set up the surgeon for a practice and a clinical career that usually spans 25 to 30 years. So in order for the surgeon's treatment, the surgeon's products of cosmetic surgery to align with your goals, it is very critical that the surgeon has committed to a continuous learning to constantly learn, engage, upgrade with ethical and evidence-based treatment. Finding a surgeon who is committed to that long-term learning is essential for your benefit because it helps you identify a surgeon who can capably deliver good and safe outcomes. And find a surgeon who is aligned with one of the specialist societies like APS or ASPS, where they have to be engaged in ongoing learning through the CPD program of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons to ensure that they stay current, they stay recent, they stay on top of emerging and evidence-based information. Thanks for listening to my podcast. It was lovely having you on board. In the first episode, we covered the core things that make a surgeon and make a plastic surgeon. In the second, I shared with you my approach to a patient-centric practice and how best you could find a surgeon who is patient-centric and patient-focused. My next episode, which I can't wait to share with you, is about longevity and wellness. That is an up-and-coming trend. But this podcast episode has a twist. It is from the perspective of a plastic surgeon and through the lens of plastic surgery and how I see it and how that could be incorporated and value-added to your journey. I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Patient First. I hope you found this podcast useful. Remember, I'm always listening. And if you have any questions you would like me to answer on the show or upcoming episodes, please connect with me via my clinic website. Thank you.